me teach you a Christmas greeting. I taught you this greeting last year, and maybe some of you remember it, but the greeter will say, Christ is born, and you will shout back, magnify him. And we'll do it three times, because we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you're watching online, type out, magnify him. If you're in this room, Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born. Yes, yes, you guys are loud and you're here. Praise the Lord. I have a word for you this morning and in this season that God himself has come to this earth as one of us and he brings hope and healing and we are waiting for him to come again. Amen? Amen. Well, that's what this season is all about. The season of Advent, the season, we just call it Christmas time usually, but it's the season by which we wait for the coming of our Lord. As he came 2,000 something years ago, he will come again. And we are in now a season of waiting. I have a three-point sermon for you. Praise the Lord. For those of you that are new, like I always have a three-point sermon, but two, a couple weeks ago, I didn't. I had a four-point, and so I know, I know I did. And so I'm back to the three-point. Point one is this. Advent is a season of waiting. Does anybody like to wait? Get your hands down. No, no one likes to wait. That's like eating your vegetables. We don't like waiting, right? No one likes to wait. Has it not felt like 2020 has been a year of waiting, right? Like, it seems like this whole year. Like, I remember uh, the two-week quarantine, like buying groceries and getting ready for a two-week quarantine. And here we are, nine months into a two-week quarantine, right? Like, we've been waiting. And I remember it's like like waiting in March with the COVID flu is coming. And it's like, okay, we're going to just wait. Just wait till Mother's Day and warmer weather and everything will be normal. Normal again. Well, Mother's Day has come and gone. And things are things normal yet? Not yet. Not yet. I remember waiting oh, once the fall comes. Like school will start, the NFL, like it's America's sport. We won't play with empty stadiums. Everything will be normal by the fall, right? And fall has come and no one's smiling right now. <laughs> Nothing is normal. And I remember waiting like for the election. Like, oh, it's all political. Like election day will come. And then after that, everything will be Normal. That's maybe I was. Was I the only one thinking that? Were you thinking that too? Like, oh, just wait till this. Wait till that. And here we are, still waiting. Like we know what it's like right now to wait. And so I thought I would give you a sermon about waiting. I have. I'm going to preach about Zechariah, who was in the New Testament. He is John the Baptist's father, and the Lord, this angel, strikes him with deafness and with muteness. And I'm going to prove to you that he was both deaf and mute in a little bit, because it just says that he was mute. But I, I will show you that he was deaf as well. But he was waiting for about nine months in this season of waiting. And I think we have been in a season like in parallel. It's been nine months since March. We've been waiting, 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 waiting. And we as a church, we are making disciples. That's what we're doing. 
We are called to worship, to connect, and to serve. And so let me talk about this waiting because it looks like Melton, our, our executive pastor of outreach, global and local, mentioned like we've been waiting. It's like this and then that and then this and then that. Last week we made an announcement that we would be doing online services and here we are. So we, we made an announcement. We rescinded the announcement to, to, to let you know what happened. Eric and I were out of town and so uh, the senior team that we trust uh, made a decision two weeks ago that all of New Life churches, the, the congregations, the the different, uh, the six different congregations, a couple different languages, three different languages would go online because two weeks ago, the, the numbers of the hospitals, like not talking about world news, not talking about national news, like the hospitals that we know, the hospitals that I go to to visit as a pastor, the hospitals that you go to when you're sick or get into a car accident, they were full or about full. And the projection was we were going to overload these hospitals. So we made the decision two weeks ago to to go online and then the numbers kind of plateaued and we're still watching the numbers and we are called as a church to worship connect and to serve and if if serving our community means to go online for a couple weeks we will do that but if we can meet by God, we are going to meet and thank God that we are here and, and we sent out the email and a text and put on social media. So if you're watching online and, and you're like, oh, I see people, I see heads. Why do they get to be here? Um, come back next week. God willing, we will be here. And a huge shout out to Rosie and to Susie. I told you, Rosie, I'd give you a shout out. And to the Wallers and to the Binsbergs and to the Shaleens, Erica's family, and to the Shreves. And I, I know of people that are watching right now who are quarantined or are sick, the Lord bless you. Thank you for watching. And the Martinez's, guys, the Martinez's had their baby 14, 15 hours ago. You guys are watching. Uh, so the Lord is here among us. The Lord is all over our city and the west side. And so praise be to the Lord. But this has been, right, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year, hasn't it? Like I, I've been looking at some memes and trying to make light of this whole thing. And I'm a meme fan. If you don't know what a meme is, just ask anyone under the age of 13. They will tell you what a meme is. Um, but it's a picture and some words. And it's like if 2020 were a boat and it's just a picture of a sinking boat. Like, oh, that's, that's sad, but it's kind of what it's been like. Or if 2020 were a bowl of cereal, it's a bowl and a spoon and milk, and it's just a bunch of cigarette butts. Like, that's 2020. If 2020 were a pizza and it's a picture of a cheese pizza with anchovies and bananas on it. Like, that's 2020. I told this one to my wife, Erica, last night. She said, that's not funny. That's morbid. But I think it's funny, so I'll say it. Uh, if 2020 were a slide, it's like a metal slide that someone has photoshopped into a cheese grater. <laughs> you shouldn't be laughing. It's, it's morbid. My favorite one, though, is if 2020 were a pinata, and it's just a big old wasp nest hanging from a branch of a tree. Come on, kids, get your candy. Like that's what 2020 has felt like. It has been a great waiting season. And one thing after another, we are all waiting for normal, right? We've said this. You're thinking this. You've said this. Like when is it all going to turn back to normal. When are we going to get back to normal? And I have something to tell you that, that if you would bear with me for a second, but I think the normal we're craving is, is not a new normal. Does anybody else hate that phrase, the new normal? I just want to kick somebody in the kneecap when they say new normal, for kick them in the knee. But 
the new, like I, Jesus is more about just like what we had before, the normal, the, the offering of Jesus, the promise of Jesus, his coming again, what he can offer is much better than just getting back to some normal. Like I was here last year, I was here in December and it was the normal and that's what we're all wanting to get back to this normal. But I remember last December, there was funerals last December. I remember as a pastor last winter doing, officiating some funerals. I remember praying for people undergoing addictions and depressions last December. Usually Christmas is, is a very depressing time for lots of people because people remember memories they had. And now this season, they're missing a loved one and they're celebrating uh, and, and not celebrating, but um, grieving a, a one year or a five year or a 10 year anniversary and remembering Christmases of long ago where this person was with. Like Christmas time is sometimes a very depressing time. That was last year. That was this normal that we're all craving. And I have good news for us. What Jesus offers is, is not just normal, but he offers new, like truly new. His coming, he proclaims that he is going to make all things new. Behold, a new heaven, a new earth. I make all things new. This is what we've been waiting for. So today I'm going to preach a sermon and talk about Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, who waited nine months to, to get his voice, to get his hearing. And here's what he says. So if you would turn to the Bible, Luke chapter one, verse 67, I'm going to invite you to stand. These are the words of Zechariah when he is finally not mute anymore and he is Abel to use his voice. This is what he proclaims. If you can hear these words, it says his father, Zechariah was filled with the Holy spirit and prophesied. So he just gets his voice back. And this is his prophecy over the world, over his child, John, over the world and us here in this day. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. And as he said, through the holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of those who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors, to remember his holy covenant. Verse 73, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, so now he's prophesying over John. And I'm going to end this sermon saying that we are in a way like John. John was making the way for Jesus. We as the church, we are making the way for Jesus. So receive these words. And you, my child, you will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness. That's great news. And in the shadow of death to guide our feet to the path path of peace. This is the word of the Lord and God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, you are here. Lord, we believe that you have come maker of all. Lord, we're praying to you. You have come into this world as one of us. You suffered, died, and you buried, You were buried, but Lord, you rose again on the third day. And so we praise you. We believe you are coming again. You are here now. We praise you. We love you. And God's people shouted, Amen. You may be seated. That was all point number one. 
Point number two, we'll kind of move, pace will be a little quicker now. Point number two is this, God is in the waiting. God is in the waiting. And this is also the title of this sermon. We started, we just read this passage beginning with the end in mind that this is what Zechariah proclaims, these words of prophecy, when he receives back his ability to speak. But here's Zechariah's situation. If you can turn back in your Bible to say verse five, I'm gonna quickly go through and kind of paraphrase this situation, but feel free free to read it all the way through. This is the Christmas story. But there was, verse five says, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, a priest named Zechariah, and he had a wife. Her name was Elizabeth. And it goes on to say that they were good people. Verse six says, both of them were righteous in the sight of God. And then it goes on to say that they never had children. And here they are in their old age, They always prayed. We find out for a child and the child had never come. Uh, It says that Elizabeth's room was barren. And then it says, it begins this story, verse six or verse eight, that Zechariah goes into the temple. He is taken taken by lots. He's chosen to go into the temple to make offering, uh, this, this offering sacrifice of burning incense. He goes in there. This isn't something that he chose by lots. It was chosen for him. He goes in and there stands, verse 11 says an angel was standing on the right side of the altar. And when Zachariah saw him, what would you do? You'd probably freak out like that. He was afraid. He was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him as the angel and the Lord usually says, when we are in fear, do not be afraid. He says, Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call him John. So the name this, that you give this child will be John. And Zechariah asks for clarification. He's not like proclaiming a disbelief. He's not saying I'm an atheist and he's staunch about this. He, in his doubt, asks a question. He asks, how can I be sure of this? And he tells the angel, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And then the angel says, you're doubting because of this doubt. The angel says to him in verse 19, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you not, did not believe my words, which would come to true, come to be true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, they're waiting for Zechariah outside. He comes back and he's, he's without voice. And so he's like hand motioning, like an angel, like, well, like he's not able to speak. He's hand motioning all kinds of things. And they realize that he has seen something. And I think about this affliction. I think about this, uh, in a weird way, this gift that has been given to Zechariah. It's a horrible gift. It's a gift of, of, of muteness. It's a, you cannot speak when you are mute. And he is given this gift that is a trial, that is suffering, and it ends up being a gift of faith for him. That in our trials, we build our faith. I think about the words of James, this book of the Bible that uh, Jesus' own brother wrote. We, we studied this book in the early spring and it starts off, James, a servant of God, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings, consider it pure. Do you remember? Joy when you face 
trials of many kinds. What? Consider it joy when you face trials. And it says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be holy and complete, not lacking anything. And if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. But you, when you ask, you've got to believe and not doubt. Or else you'll be like the waves of the sea, a ship blown and tossed by the winds. Like, what is all this talking about? Consider it joy when you face trials. What is this? Well, here, I think, you know, we, we're not in the story. We're not being the ones stricken with not being able to speak. We could see it all from a distance, say this was actually a gift for Zechariah to build his faith because we see in the nine months that, that this being not able to speak will be a gift. And then he will prophesy and speak words of joy over his son and over all the world as he prophesies with his mouth when it's opened back up. And I think for us, like, here's the question. What in the last nine months? It's, it's been a trial, right? We'd all shake our heads like whatever we've been through, like this COVID flu thing, like in the restrictions, it's been a trial. But like James says, should we consider this all joy? Well, maybe, maybe so. Maybe in some way, this has been a gift. Melton uh, had said this too, like this has increased our faith. This is somehow like through this trial, we now realize Jesus is much closer, that Jesus has been here, is here, will be with us all along. And I think about this, that it's all going to be worth it. This is point number three here in this sermon. It's all going to be worth it. Because here we we pick the story back up. This is verse uh, 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby. She gave birth to a son. So, so babies are usually in womb nine months. So John was, uh, excuse me, John's father, Zechariah, was, was stricken. He was not able to speak for like nine months. And finally, Elizabeth gives birth to a son, even in her old age. It's a miracle. And all the neighbors, verse 58 says, all our neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy and they shared in her joy. And then... On the eighth day came time to do the, the ceremony, the Jewish ceremony of circumcision on the eighth day. And they were trying to figure out what his name will be. And there's kind of this argument between the people and Elizabeth saying, uh, Elizabeth saying his name's going to be John. And then they say like, what in the world? Like there's no relative of yours named John. Where's that name come from? Well, it comes from the angel and it means gracious. And they're like asking, well, why would you name him John? There's nobody in your family named John. And they make signs to his father father asking him what they would name him. And I, I told you that I would try to prove to you that, that Zechariah was both mute and deaf. And I think it's here in verse 62, because they make signs to him. So if you're mute, that means you can't speak, right? So I need an assistant. Anybody want to be an assistant? Ross, you okay? With, okay, stand up, Ross. So Ross is going to pretend to be mute. You're just mute, right? You can't talk, but you can hear me. Do I need to make signs so you understand? No. So why are they making... Okay, good. Well done, Ross. Great, great assistant. So why, why in the world are they making signs to John if his only affliction is he's mute? Well, I think it's also that he was mute and 
deaf. And so I, we don't know if, if he was already deaf. Like he could have in his old age already been deaf. And like, think about this affliction. Think about being mute and deaf, just watching the world go around and all the changes, things happening. You have no idea. I think like this is how many of us have felt during this COVID season, right? Like, like, what are we going to say? What are we hearing? All we're seeing is like new things rolling in and it's all changing. And as a leader, like to being vulnerable with you, like this is how I have often felt. Like, I don't know what's next. And it's just like waves of, of like, what's going to happen next and just seeing new things and new restrictions. And we're going to cancel journeys. We're not going to cancel. We're going to do online. We're not going to do online. Like I, as your leader, like every insecurity in me, to be honest, is like here. Like I feel like Zechariah. And I just remind myself that this is this church. It's not my church. This church is not your church. This church is the Lord's and the Lord is at hand and the Lord is doing something awesome. And he is going to give us as our, as the church, our voice. So hear this prophetic word that the Lord is giving us a voice. The world out there, it is a dark place. You can't even begin to talk with people, right? And what happens? Everyone starts complaining. Everyone has something to come as all this and that. And you know what we have, ladies and gentlemen of the church, we have a voice to bring Jesus into this world, to be a place where we serve, where we worship, where we gather together and we proclaim the name of the Lord. He is awesome. I'm preaching right now. Anybody say amen? Amen. Like we as a church, we've been looking for a way. Part of the reason I had Melton come and share today is that New Life Church, all the congregants, we have been serving and serve, finding ways to serve in the midst of confusion, in darkness. Like let's just serve. We found ways. Jane, is she here? She's downstairs serving right now. She has led a ministry in Manitou, Manitou Mobile. And just this morning, I was emailing people that, that heard about this ministry, which we just get food and we deliver it to people who can't make it out of their house because for whatever reason, and we've been doing this since March, like this is what the church does. We serve and we serve and we serve and we make disciples. We're starting a discipleship class next month. Desiree is going to be leading this and and we're going to get speakers and we're going to have people that just want to know more about faith after church. Let's make disciples. This is what the church does. We have a voice. Let's Use it. Would you stand with me? I'm going to read for us uh, this prophecy that Zechariah preaches and says over his son, John. And I said this before, that we should receive this like a prophecy to us. So the band, you guys can come up and get ready to lead us. It says this. So I'm looking at verse uh, 76. It's the prophecy. Zechariah gets his voice back and uses his voice to say this. And you, my child, you will be called a prophet. Maybe no one's ever called you a prophet, but listen to the words of the Lord. The Lord is calling you a prophet with a voice of the most high for you will go on before the Lord and prepare a way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the sun will come to us from heaven to shine. This is it guys to shine on those living in 
darkness and the shadow of death to guard our feet into the path of peace. Let's pray. Lord, as we prepare ourselves for your table to come before you and receive, Lord, of you the mysteries of your body and blood, Lord, we believe you're here. We believe you have come. We believe you are coming again. And Lord, our hope is in you. It's, it's our hope, Lord, is not just that things would return to normal. Lord, our hope is that you would make all things new. Lord, not normal, but all things new. That's what you've come for. That's what you've promised. So Lord, we pray to you. We worship you. We prepare our hearts for the table. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.